You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into this Q&A episode of The Pregnancy Podcast. You can check out pregnancypodcast.com forward slash Q&A for all of the past question and answer episodes or to submit a question for a future episode. Show notes for this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash fertility. I want to thank a new sponsor for their support of the podcast. Motherhood Maternity is where I shopped when I was pregnant, and they have the best selection of maternity clothes. Whether you're just starting to show and you need a new pair of jeans, or if you need that perfect dress for an event in month nine of your pregnancy. You can shop at your local motherhood store or shop online and use the promo code MAMA40 to save 40% off one item for the month of November. To check out Motherhood Maternity, you can visit pregnancypodcast.com forward slash maternity clothes. I also want to thank Evenflow for their support. Evenflow makes an awesome car seat because it's the only car seat that you're ever going to need. It goes from the time your baby's born up until they don't need a car seat anymore. I'm a big fan of this car seat, and I know that you will be too. Go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash car seat to check it out and get a promo code to save 10%. And I want to thank Zoller, who makes my favorite prenatal vitamin. We're going to talk a little bit about vitamins and supplements in today's episode. And I love Zoller because they use really high quality ingredients. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25%, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. This week, I am answering a question submitted from Genevieve. Her email reads, Hi, Vanessa. I love your podcast. I don't know what I do without your thorough and evidence-based episodes. I would love to request a trying to conceive podcast of what you should be doing and not doing leading up to conceiving. When to stop drinking alcohol and caffeine if that affects fertility, what evidence shows or doesn't show this, when to start taking prenatal vitamins before trying, exercises to do or not do, the frequency, what to eat more of to boost your fertility and why, what not to eat, other supplements you should be taking. Any suggestions and information would be appreciated. I would love to hear your take on the subject. Genevieve, thank you for submitting your questions. This is a topic I haven't really covered on the podcast and one that involves a lot of things. So I want to go through quite a few things in this episode today. And a lot of the stuff were kind of just scratching the surface. I almost feel like I could do a podcast on each question that you're asking because there's a lot of information out there on this stuff. If you're listening to this episode, whether you're trying to conceive now or you're thinking that you may want another baby down the road, this episode is going to be beneficial. Overall, the healthier that you are, the better your chances to get pregnant. Obviously, a lot goes into your health, your cycles. What I want to do in this episode is talk about diet, exercise, and lifestyle to break down the evidence on what you should do or not do if you're trying to get pregnant. One thing to keep in mind, infertility is generally thought of as taking over a year to conceive. 
And that's a metric that you're going to hear about a lot when we're talking about the research on fertility. Let's start with exercise. You know that there are many benefits to exercise, whether you practice yoga or CrossFit. Exercise has a positive impact on everything, like your physical health, your mental sharpness, even your sleep quality. The question is whether there are rules that you should follow when working out when you're trying to get pregnant. One study in Norway looked at the effects of exercise on fertility. This started from 1984 to 86 with a follow-up in 1995 to 97, and it had a total of over 3,800 women. And I know that this study is a bit older than I prefer, but I like that it was long-term, and I think that the results are relevant to your questions about exercise and fertility. The researchers measured fertility as the ability to conceive within one year of trying to get pregnant, and they found an increased risk of infertility in women who reported doing physical activity almost every day to the level of exhaustion. They note that although it cannot be concluded from this study, it seems likely that fertility may be positively affected by physical activity up to a certain level, after which the energy requirements of the activity outweigh the positive effects, which can result in infertility. And it's also possible that this threshold level applies merely at an individual level, perhaps in combination with energy availability and cannot be identified at the population level. What this study tells us is that there may be an increased risk of infertility for women who are really pushing the limits of exercise. If you are an elite athlete and you're having trouble getting pregnant, it may be worth talking to your doctor or midwife about their thoughts on toning down your physical activity. The issue with exercise is that it's so individualized. If you want to get pregnant, you're looking for healthy. And depending on your lifestyle, that may be running long distances or going on a daily walk or maybe just hitting the gym a few times a week. There really isn't great data out there on what types of exercise are good or bad, and that's going to vary from one person to the next. Exercise can also have a positive impact on your weight, and there's quite a bit of research showing that women who are overweight or obese tend to have a tougher time getting pregnant. When you're overweight, your body produces additional estrogen because adipose tissue, which is body fat, produces estrogen. And if these levels are too high, it can affect your ovulation. Being overweight is also associated with insulin resistance, which can impact your hormones and your reproductive function. There's no magic BMI or weight for fertility. Ideally, you want to be at a healthy weight. And I'm guessing that you know what that means for you. In one study, Participants were women who had tried at least two years to get pregnant and had a BMI of over 30, which is considered obese. 67 women ended up going through a six-month program involving diet and lifestyle changes, and they did find that this improved ovulation, pregnancy rate, and pregnancy outcome. And those diet and lifestyle changes were aimed at reducing stress and losing weight. And just as being overweight is not ideal, being underweight also affects your hormones and can impact your ovulation. Like I said, your goal here is to be at a healthy weight. Let's talk about stress and fertility. 
Your HPA access is made up of your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, and your adrenal glands. And this HPA access regulates your body's response to stress. So when your body reacts to stress, it activates a stress response. And that involves your endocrine system, your nervous system, and your immune system. And what it basically does is it's going to prioritize survival over less essential functions like reproduction. I'm really oversimplifying here just to not bore you with too much of the science, but there's a link in the show notes if you want to read further on the science and stress. There is data to support a connection between stress and infertility. One of the difficulties is determining which direction this goes or if it goes both ways. Anyone who's tried to get pregnant and has been unsuccessful knows that that can be stressful and add more stress to your life. A study with 401 couples trying to conceive looked at the time that it took to get pregnant, and they measured cortisol and alpha amylase, which are biomarkers of stress. They did not find a connection between cortisol and time to get pregnant, but they did find a link between alpha amylase. And the woman who tested in the highest third for alpha amylase had a 29% increase in the time to get pregnant. I get that it's pretty impossible to eliminate all of the stress in your life. But if you're trying to get pregnant, trying to minimize that stress, whether you are getting sources of stress out of your life, or finding some techniques to cope like meditation, exercise can help lower stress levels. Anything that you find works for you to lower your stress could have a beneficial impact on your fertility. Sleep is huge for your health. Because sleep is involved in so many different processes in your body, lack of sleep or just having poor sleep quality can really have a negative impact on your fertility. In the simplest terms, sleep helps to regulate your hormones, and these play a major role in your ability to get pregnant. The hormones affected that play a role in fertility include progesterone, which we talk about often, but also hormones like thyroid-stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, prolactin, testosterone. I think that there's a huge cultural shift moving to recognize the importance of sleep. And as more science comes out about sleep and the function and importance of it, I think the more knowledge we have as to why sleep really has to be a priority. I'll link to a review article in the show notes that really gets into the science behind sleep and how it can affect all of the hormones that I mentioned that are involved with fertility. I'll also link in the show notes to a podcast episode on sleep during pregnancy, which I know if we're talking about fertility, you may not be pregnant right now. But I do get into a lot of the science behind sleep and some tips to get good sleep and improve your sleep quality in that episode. When we're talking about foods and fertility, there's a few key things that I want to talk about on diet that I think are worth pointing out. And I'm also linking to some studies for this in the show notes, as well as some episodes of the podcast that dive deeper into these topics. Your goal when you're trying to get pregnant is to eat healthy whole foods. I mean, this should really be your goal all the time, right? But the less processed foods you eat, the better. Processed foods are basically 
anything with a label on it. I know it's pretty unrealistic to avoid buying any packaged foods, but you really want to aim for things that have been minimally processed. Look for things that don't have a super long list of ingredients of things that you cannot pronounce. That's going to be a red flag that you may be better off opting for something else. And the majority of your meals should really be vegetables and protein. Whether your protein is coming from meat or from plant sources, that is up to you. You want to avoid sugar. And this is naturally going to happen when you focus on healthy whole foods because processed food is loaded with sugar, even items that you wouldn't think to look for sugar in, like bread. And a huge source of sugar is soda. Ideally, you're going to be drinking water, but if you do enjoy sugary drinks, it's going to be best to limit them. Iron is also a really important nutrient if you're trying to get pregnant, but there is some question about red meat if that's your primary source of iron. And when it comes to red meat, I think that there's a difference between grass-fed beef, organic, and standard beef. I'm going to spare you a rant here. I do dig into a lot more details on eating meat during pregnancy, which all applies if you're trying to get pregnant, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Omega-3s are another thing that you should be making sure that you're getting from your diet and supplementing. Either it would be included in your prenatal, if you're taking the Zoller prenatal, or you should be taking a separate omega-3 supplement. One of the easiest sources for omega-3s and DHA specifically is fish. But even if you do eat fish regularly, you still may want to supplement with omega-3s. Full-fat dairy compared to low-fat is actually associated with a lower risk of ovulatory infertility. So when you buy yogurt or milk, you might not want to be buying low or non-fat. And this is also something that you can look for organic or grass-fed if that's something that's important to you. I'm going to link to an episode in the show notes on eating organic. When you're talking about fruits and veggies, organic doesn't mean that it has more nutrients. It just means that it has less pesticides and that it isn't genetically modified. Before you conceive is an excellent time to cut down your exposure to chemicals, especially chemicals in your food. Now, I know organic can be more expensive, and there are some shortcuts to save you some money on your grocery bill in that full episode I'll link to. Genevieve, you asked about alcohol and caffeine. Studies on alcohol and caffeine pre-pregnancy aren't really that clear. As part of a healthy diet, you're likely limiting these. And I'm not seeing evidence to show that you need to abstain completely or limit alcohol and caffeine to the extent that you would when you're pregnant. But drinking a pot of coffee a day or drinking heavily are not healthy. And you don't need me to tell you that. If you want to dig further into caffeine and alcohol, I'll put a couple episodes in the show notes for you. One of the most basic things that you can do to make sure that your body has all of the vitamins and minerals you need to get pregnant is to take a prenatal vitamin. And I really do think that quality matters here. If you're thinking that you want to get pregnant, now's a great time to start taking a prenatal. And this is something you would continue to take during your pregnancy and even after your baby's born when you're breastfeeding. And there are just a few other supplements that I want to touch on. 
B12 is a big one, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan, because it can be challenging to get enough B12 in your diet without animal products. It's a common deficiency in vegetarians and vegans. And this is also something that would be included in your prenatal vitamin. You also need folic acid, or better yet, the active form of folate. This is listed as 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, or 5-MTHF, on the label. If you want to dig more into the science behind folic acid versus that 5-MTHF, I'll link to a past episode in the show notes. This is a key thing that I look for in a prenatal vitamin. And one of the biggest reasons for folic acid or folate is that it helps prevent neural tube defects. And oftentimes, women don't realize that they're pregnant until six, eight weeks, until they're a little bit later on. And if you wait until then to start taking a prenatal vitamin, then it's possible that you weren't getting adequate folic acid or folate during those first few weeks of your pregnancy. So this is something that you want to start now. Assuming that you don't have any specific deficiencies or health challenges, your prenatal vitamin, if it's a good one, should cover your bases. And if you're not taking the Zoller prenatal, which has DHA, you might want to consider a fish oil or an omega-3 supplement. Anytime you're considering supplements, your doctor or midwife can be an excellent resource. They should know if you have any specific concerns that need to be addressed, like, for example, if you had low iron and you should be taking a separate supplement for that. So if you have questions on vitamins or supplements, your doctor or midwife can be a good resource. The last thing that I want to mention is making sure that you stay hydrated. This is the simplest thing to do, and it can benefit your health so much, and I think it's so overlooked. I made it a habit to start my day with drinking a bottle of water. And this is not something that I instinctively do. So my system is I fill up my water bottle at night and it's literally the first thing I do when I wake up. If I get up and walk around the house, pour a cup of coffee, I know that I'm not going to drink my water. So I make sure that I do that first. You need to find whatever works for you, but make sure that you're staying hydrated. Genevieve, I hope that you find this episode helpful. There's really no magic formula for prepping your body to get pregnant. But in general, the healthier you are, the better your chances of seeing a positive pregnancy test. You can see any notes and resources for this episode at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash fertility. And if you have a question you would like me to answer, you can submit it at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash Q&A. Thank you to Motherhood Maternity for their support of the podcast. You can get 40% off one item for the month of November with the code MAMA40. I shopped here during both my pregnancies for casual clothes, suits, and tops for work, and even a few dresses for weddings and other events that I attended when I was expecting. You can shop at your local motherhood store or online. Check out pregnancypodcast.com forward slash maternity clothes. I'd also like to thank Zoller for their support. We talked a lot about prenatal vitamins in this episode. And Zoller is my number one recommendation for a prenatal vitamin. 
To learn more, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And on that page, you can get a promo code to save 25% off when you buy it on Amazon. And I want to thank Evenflow for their support. Evenflow makes an awesome car seat. It's super safe. Your little one is going to be so comfortable in there. And this chair is an infant seat, a convertible, and a booster all in one. So it's the only car seat that you're ever going to need. To check that out and get a promo code to save 10%, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash car seat. (laughs) 